welcome back to another episode of the 49 away podcast we are already at week 16 in the nfl season crazy how time flies but the 49ers are looking a lot better than they did back around week 8 9 ish the niners are 8 and 6 and are in prime position to clinch a playoff spot but they got to take care of business against a tough tennessee titan football team on thursday night football we will recap the falcons game as the niners took care of business in that one 31 13 we'll recap that game niners played awesome there we'll talk about that one and we will preview the niners titans matchup and look ahead at the final three games to see what the niners got to do to make the postseason and don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on instagram and twitter for more niners news and analysis what's going on faithful and welcome back to another episode of the 49 away podcast jay sahoda zach chevy week 15 in the books and it's already week 16 in the nfl just like that this season is almost done but hopefully for the 49ers the season will be extended a little bit beyond week 18 as the Niners are now 8 and 6 after a shellacking of the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday 31 to 13 and they're looking pretty good to making the playoffs but looms a big matchup against the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night football should be a big one a physical matchup we'll break that down and talk about that matchup in a bit Chevy what's going on how are you doing and uh do you do you enjoy that blow a win on Sunday against the Falcons Oh, man, we needed that win against the Falcons. Jimmy G looked like he was the second coming of Christ. I don't know. He was going crazy. The offense looked amazing. The defense stood its ground. This was the game that we needed. You know, Shanahan has always struggled against his former team in the Falcons. And it's kind of like that trap game against a 6-17. and You don't know how we're going to do, but we came out there with a purpose and we laid and we dominated that game. The offense looked in stride the entire time, and the defense was there, and, and they were doing a great job. You know, Nick Bosa was contributing. Everyone on the defensive line was contributing. We have one of the best run Ds in the league since, I think, like week six or something. We held the dynamic Cordero Patterson to five yards on in the air and 18 yards in the while rushing i don't know man it's just something about this team it, we, we clicked last week yeah i wasn't uh w- wasn't too pleased that we shut down cordell patterson for fantasy reasons but otherwise <laughs> uh, but otherwise on that note i mean it was a it was a complete game and it was probably one of the one of the more complete games since week 10 against the rams i'd say that was the game where Everything really clicked, and the Niners season really got started then. But this was great because, in a lot of ways, people thought Atlanta could have been a trap game. Are they going to come out, and, and are the Niners going to you know, fall a little bit after coming off of an, an emotionally draining win against the Bengals? But the Niners just came in, and they took care of business. And you were bang on about Jimmy Garoppolo. Holy crap, this guy was locked in from beginning to end. I was, with this guy's making throws, I'm like, this does not look like a regular Jimmy Garoppolo. This guy looked like he's here to take care of business. I love that number 10, man. He When he plays like that and he's making throws like he was on Sunday, I mean, he was in the zone. It was really good stuff. But, man, how about Jeff Wilson on the ground? 21 carries, 110 yards. I've been waiting for this version of Jeff Wilson to break out, and it finally happened. This is just bad news for everybody else because when Elijah Mitchell comes back, we know what he can do. 
Now, if Jeff Wilson's finally coming into his zone like this, we got our one-two punch back in the backfield. Mind you, we haven't even gotten to Debo Samuel, who Shanahan's using as, like, everything at this point. In fact, he even threw a pass. So he was playing quarterback this week now, too. Debo's everywhere on offense. Kittle, once again, another big day, six catches, 93 yards. This offense was just a well-oiled machine on Sunday, and it's a scary sight. But that's why I'm excited for this Thursday night game against the Tennessee Titans. Is good. They're a good defense. They got a lot of young talent. They're physical. And I know a Mike Vrabel-led team, they're going to bring it. And the Niners love to play smash mode football. The Titans do too. So I'm excited for this game, even though Derrick Henry will not be playing in this game. Yeah, you know, I'm excited for this matchup. And, you know, that quick turnaround from Sunday to Thursday, it's always scary, especially with injuries and rest. You hope your guys can get out there and be good. You know, Shanahan said we have a nerdy group of uh, players who probably went home after Sunday and rested up and got ready for Thursday because they are looking there and they didn't go out and party after that massive win. So, yeah, I'm excited for this game on Thursday. It's a big game. And, you know, there's also a big game tonight with the Rams. You know, after beating the Falcons eight and six, there's a slight chance we could take over the fifth seed with the Rams if they they lose to divisional rivals Seahawks tonight. You know, anytime it's a divisional game, I I always think it's a 50-50 chance, no matter who it is. You got Seattle Seahawks. You got Russell Wilson. Yes, they have a bit of a banged up with COVID list. I know Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins is out tonight. But if the Seahawks can pull off a surprise and beat the Rams, we are just a bit closer to maybe that fifth seed. Although all the matchups in the NFC will be tough going into the playoffs because they we are pretty top heavy in the NFC. But uh, yeah, it's it's a big matchup this week. Titans. I know the Titans are getting AJ Brown back from IR, so that's going to really help them out because their offense has looked kind of, you know, suspect uh, as of lately. You know, Ryan Tannehill's kind of out there doing it all by himself. Deontay Foreman's looking decent, but you know, getting AJ Brown back is massive, especially with no Julio Jones uh, there for the Titans. So it's going to be a good matchup against the Titans. I think it's going to be a lot closer uh, than the Falcons matchup was. But if our offense can continue to roll like it did in that Atlanta game, I don't think we have much to worry about. Although the one thing to worry about is our secondary, like we've said almost every week. Ambry Thomas, again, for a second straight week, didn't look the greatest, but he's a rookie. He's learning. He's, that's what you got to do in this league to be good. So, you know, uh, all credit where credit's due. I, I think he played a decent game, some, you know, bad penalties here and there, but, you know, all in all, we got the win. We looked good, and uh, I'm on. I'm excited for the Titans game. Yeah, no doubt. I I did not know that AJ Brown was going to suit up. Now that I'm reading, it. he is. He has a chance to play, so it's not totally certain that he will suit up in this game. But if he does, yeah, that's definitely an added, um, an added threat on offense for the Tennessee Titans to to add to that. And that's just bad news for us because Ambry Ambry Thomas, the poor guy, has got lit off two weeks in a row now. <laughs> And now you might have to go up against A.J. Brown. So that's another tough matchup. But at the same time, I don't mind it. And we talked about it last week, too. I don't mind Ambry Thomas going in because it's reps, right? Reps are important for him. He's only started two games for us. He's been inactive most of the most of the season. So I don't really mind him going in there. And if he's getting lit up, I'll be quite honest with you. Again, like, I mean, knock on wood, I hope this week isn't that week where he gets lit. A.J. Brown goes crazy. But Ambry Thomas hasn't really allowed anybody to go crazy. He's only really allowed like one one or two explosive plays. And that's about it. He's done a nice job. And nobody's even really looked 
in which not because Josh Norman's you know that pick up they want to. So I kind of like it where that is holding up fine, but the reason why the secondary is holding up fine is because of Mr. 97 on that defensive line. Nick Bosa is looking just every single week. This guy's looking more and more like the 2019 version of Nick Bosa. Just wreaking havoc. Starts the second half with a strip sack and a fumble. Like, are you kidding me? Nick Bosa's biggest reasons why. Yes, we lost some guys from that 2019 defense. Nick Bosa's the reason why we could make a deep run in this playoffs. Because and how good Fred Warner is, those two guys, everybody just feeds off of their energy. You look at how the rest of that D-line. Chevy, we've been asking for Arden Key. Arden Key was awesome on Sunday. I don't, the whole unnecessary roughness or what that was complete BS, but whatever. It's all good. But Arden Key was making a few times, been making an impact lately. Armstead's getting involved. DJ's having a year. This D line is feeding off of what Nick Bose has been able to do, and they look good. And this defense looking good. And D'Amico Ryans, he was a little iffy at first. This whole unit was, was a little iffy. But after that week nine embarrassment against the Cardinals, has been playing at a really, really high level every single week since that week nine game. Yeah, I know we mentioned Nick Bosa every week and talk about how great of a player he is, but that's because he is such a great player and such a big impact to this team. You know, it's getting close to the end of year. A lot of people are talking about accolades and, you know, who deserves to be in that conversation? Nick Bosa. Not only should he win comeback player of the year in my mind, but he should definitely be in consideration for defensive player of the year. The man has 15 sacks on the season, four forced fumbles. He is a reek of havoc and he is probably the reason why our defense looks so great. You're right. Arden Key, Samson Ebucam, DJ Jones, Eric Armstead, they're finally going in and they're finally doing something, and it's all because of the pressure that Nick Bosa is bringing to this defense. And, you know, without Nick Bosa, I think this defense lets up 20, 25 points a game easily. You know, Nick Bosa is just such a great key contributor to this team, and he's coming back off of an ACL tear. It is ridiculous that he tore his ACL a year ago and he is looking the way he is looking right now, dominating football teams. Not only should he win comeback player of the year, but he should win defensive player of the year. You know, TJ Watt has the sacks. He's missed a couple games recently. So, you know, who knows what's happening with him? Miles Garrett's looked good, but, you know, he has the same sack total as Bosa. You look at the numbers, Bosa's right up there. And Bosa coming off that ACL, I think he has the narrative to take home the depoy with the sepoy as well. So, you know, I, I think a lot of credit is to Nick Bosa on this defense. Fred Warner's had a bit of a down year this year, but he's still been a great contributor to the team. But it's Nick Bosa who's been the captain of this defense, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think Nick Bosa's definitely in the conversation there. Nick Bosa, oh, absolutely. Nick, Nick Bosa about it a lot this season. Fred Warner hasn't necessarily had uh, his best season, and I know he's been a little dinged up here and there, but Freddie, Freddie also looked great on Sunday. Nine tackles. And for me, Nick Bosa, this season specifically, yes, he is the heartbeat of this defense, but in all in all, this is Fred and Bosa's defense. Like, similar to how we used to talk about sure. during the Harbaugh days, it was, this was Willis and Bowman's defense, right? And Justin Smith, like, it was... Do- where, where the heartbeat of this team, 
for for me when I look at this team, it's it's Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, and I'd say Jimmy Ward is a close third in there too. Jimmy Ward makes a massive impact as well. And it, you know, I gotta say, I gotta say this about Jimmy Ward because I don't really talk about him enough, except for the Rams game. I remember when we drafted Jimmy Ward in 2014, and he was having a similar start to the year that Ambry Thomas is having. And I was like, oh my god, I cannot stand Jimmy Ward. To see him grow to where he has, and he had that breakout 2019 campaign, and last year he got dinged up injuries a little bit. To see Jimmy Ward now become a captain and be a leader is has been really awesome to see. Like to see him kind of bloom and grow from where he was when we drafted him. I just wanted to throw that out there because I don't, I, you know, we don't really talk about it enough, and I just wanted to give him a shout out because he he is a really big leader on this football team. But without a doubt, Bosa and Fred are. They are not just our leaders this year, but they are they are our future. Similar to how on offense, I'd say Kittle and Debo, they are you know our heart and soul of our offense. Is how Fred and Bosa are on defense. Those four, that's that's our future right there. That's how our Super Bowl window just opens with those four guys on our team. But a lot a lot to get to there. And you were saying about the five seed if the Rams lose today. Dude, what what are you talking about? Did you watch that Cardinals game on Sunday? <laughs> we might have a shot if the, the Cardinals keep looking like that and they'd lose out and the Rams lose maybe two out of their next three and the Niners win out, we could be the four seed. It's highly unlikely, but I just want to throw that out there anyways. But we'll see what Rams Seahawks tonight. That game got moved. That will be tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, yeah. You know, the four seed is up there. There's a lot that has to go wrong. The Cardinals did not look good, and they're going to be without DeAndre Hopkins for probably the entire season. Yeah, Maybe they're, he'll be they're pretty much the done. Super Bowl if they make it. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty much done. So, you know, it really opens up a lot because that Cardinals offense and defense just didn't look spectacular against one of the worst teams in the leagues in the Lions. I mean, I think the Lions have played a lot better than their record has showed for. Agreed. And I think that's a, a big uh, shout out to Dan Campbell and what he and his staff has done for that team with, you know, a, a guy, you know, a team of somewhat scrubs, you know, Jared Goff isn't necessarily the best quarterback. Their offensive weapons isn't great other than TJ Hawkinson and maybe the emergence of Amonra St. Brown and DeAndre Swift. But and, and their defense isn't necessarily amazing either. But with Dan Campbell and their staff, they've really turned that team around. And while they're not going to be great this year, I think they have a good future in front of them. And they they took the Cardinals out of contention. You know, people are wondering about the Cardinals. They're like, are they really going to compete now after losing to the Lions out of all teams? So yeah, that was definitely a big win or a big win for the Niners and that and our division in general. And, you know, yeah, the four seeds definitely, like, you know, it's in consideration. We could get there, but I think the fifth seed's more realistic for us to look for. But speaking more about our offense, you mentioned it. Jeff Wilson Jr. is back, baby. You know, he is vintage Jeff Wilson. 110 yards and a touchdown. He just looked dynamic like he is in, our, in Shanahan's offense. And when Elijah Mitchell gets back, the two of them – Getting going, that's exactly what we need, especially for the playoffs. Our offense thrives off the run game. And if you get Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell splitting reps, going in there, tearing up defenses, it opens up everything for our offense. And as you said, George Kittle and Debo are kind of the centerpieces of our offense. But we've seen contribution from Brandon Ayuk. We've seen Jawan Jennings step up. He had six targets this game and caught a touchdown. 
You know, I, I think we have so many weapons on offense, and they're finally being, being utilized to their best of abilities, and that's because Jimmy – and he's playing the best football he can be playing, and it's because our running game is really setting everything up for our passing game and the rest of our offense. So, yeah, I, I think we have a good chance. You know, we're kind of on the up right now. To start the season, I, I think we were all a bit shocked. You know, we started off well with the two wins, but that four-game losing streak, it, it really blew us all out, out of the water. And, and we thought, you know, the season kind of looked lost. And, and I just, I you know, I, I'm looking at this team and, and the momentum that we've had in this second half, and it can really carry a team into the playoffs and through the playoffs. So, I'm excited for this Thursday game because playing the Titans, they're, they're a really good team and a really tough team to play against. Mike Vrabel is such an amazing coach, and what he's done for the Titans the last couple of years and Ryan Tannehill in his career, uh, I, I just think that this is going to be a very tough matchup, especially coming off a short week, uh, going and playing Thursday. You never know what to expect on Thursday night games. Uh, the last Thursday night game, I'm pretty sure, was the Packers game we played uh, with all of our players on COVID. Yeah, so, the uh, JV you know, Niners. Oh, yeah, the JV Niners. That's exactly what it was. So Thursday night games, they're kind of iffy up in the air, but it's a big game to show that we are here to compete and we are a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. You know, another thing that we need to continue improving our secondary, though. You look at our team, and I think everything is kind of on par with 2019 except for that secondary. And, you know, the safeties are the same. Jimmy Ward, Jaquasti Tart, even Hofunga is going in there and – contributing and looking good but it's really the cornerbacks that are kind of holding us behind and and it's kind of holding out my hope for the playoffs for this team so the last three games if you can get as many reps for Ambry Thomas as possible and maybe he looks good you get Emmanuel Mosley maybe back for the playoffs that would certainly help you know it's just a lot of different factors going into these last three weeks but we need to continue winning and, and, you know, if we can win this week against the Titans, I think the week against the Texans is a pretty, you know, sure, sure enough win as any of the games that we've played. So looking at that, we're in a good position to make the playoffs that eight and six Niners team with, you know, a couple seven and seven teams, you know, kind of down our throat and, and looking at the Rams. You never know what's going to happen this week. So, you know, I think we're in a pretty good position and I'm very excited for this week's matchup. Yeah, no, no doubt, and then and also another thing to add, we're talking about DeAndre Hopkins too. Chris Godwin's gone for the year. That's a massive blow. Like that's a that is a huge, huge blow. That got dinged up, so the Bucks are dealing with a ton of injuries, um, as well. But I think all in all, I think no, the more realistic seed for the Niners, I would expect is expecting the six seed. Anything more than that or less than that, whatever, I think would be would be a shock or impressive. If the Rams somehow fall apart late here, that would be something. It's not like they have an easy schedule. They got the Rams the next two weeks. Those are tough games. So anything can happen in that regard. So the five more realistic expectation, as I'm expecting, if the Niners get in to get the sixth seed. But this game, I think, should end up solidifying it here. If the Niners beat the Titans, I think I think we're as good as in if we're able to get to nine. And then the Texans game. I mean, you want to start Trey Lance? Maybe we start Trey Lance. No. <laughs> but, but I think it, in this 
10 and 6, right? That should more than lightweight. I mean, when we were talking about a weeks ago, the magic number for me at least was nine, right? You get to 10, you're in. So take care of business here. And then that, that should put us over the hump. And then that Rams isn't as pressurizing as, you know, what it could be, right? That Rams game could be, it could mean nothing or it could mean everything, right? Season could be on the line that game. Anything could happen with these next three games, but this is a big one. You go want to take care of business and the Titans, they're going into this game. They need a win too. They're trying to, they're trying to get home field advantage here. This is it's definitely going to be a really great game. And, and looking at the injury, Tennessee, something to note here. We know Julio Jones probably not going to go. He unfortunately has not had the greatest start to his Titans tenure due to injuries, not getting involved, all that kind of stuff. But the big Lawan did not practice. So we'll have to see how that goes throughout the week. That could plus if Lawan does play. Great matchup to see him against Bosa. And it's a great one matchup. Um, as for the a lot maybe in this game. Hafunga is a maybe. Aziz is the other one that's a maybe. Three there. Greenlaw's probably going to miss this game. Joukowsky Tardy is expected to play. He injured his ankle. But we'll see what happens going into this game. I'll be honest. I, I want to see Aziz and Elijah Mitchell out there, but it's also not the worst thing in the world on a short week. And if they're not ready to go, Keep them, and then they're definitely going to be ready for the Houston game. Honestly, you want to sit them out against Houston? Sit them out against Houston. We'll have Jermichael Hasty run for 100 in that game. So we'll see how that goes in terms of the injury report. But um, but we, I, I definitely see Elijah Mitchell, but I'm sure Shanahan will have the right plan in place for that matter there and going into this game. But when you're looking at the playoff picture here, I mean, you said it too. You're saying... You know, if you got the five seed, they might get a better matchup and all that stuff. I, I'll be honest, I don't really care what seed we get. I think the Niners are built. I think they're built to win in January. I really do. I don't want to say anything about, you know, can they make a deep run or anything. I don't want to be completely honest. I'm kind of happy no one's really talking about us. Like, some people are. Some of the, you know, usual, you know, media people like Colin Cow, those guys are kind of quietly sneaking in and saying, the Niners are hot. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play them. But you look at all the other media things. I'm talking about Kansas City and Green Bay and Tampa and blah, blah, blah. No one's really talking about the Niners. I Like, I honestly would not want to play us in the first round of the playoffs. I don't care who it is, to be honest. Tampa, Dallas, Arizona. I, I Like, whoever plays us, like, it's going to be a tough, tough matchup. And it's tough. But to be honest, let's say it's Rams, Niners, Vikings going in as the wild cards. I, I'll be honest. I think all three of them are capable of upset of upset bids. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think all all of the playoff teams in the NFC are capable teams and teams that I could see making the Super Bowl as the NFC team. You know, the NFC is very top-heavy, I would say. And especially with the 4-1 seeds, I think they're all looking really strong. But even the wildcard seeds, you know, three of them being in the NFC West, which is probably the best division in football. So, you know, I, I don't know necessarily how it's going to look in the playoffs. One thing, you know, you're talking about analysts talking about the Niners. Did you see that Adam Rank said the Niners are the best team in the NFL? And, cool. you know, that, that, that kind of, it, it hurts. It hurts a bit because, you know, 
He's the guy who predicted three and 13 Niners, and we took that to the Super Bowl. And then the year after, he said 14 and three. And what did we do? We had the most injury riddled season. So, you know, when he's on our side, it's not necessarily the best thing. A good thing. thing. uh, I'd rather have him on our side than not, I guess. But uh, (laughs) yeah, so I just wanted to bring that up when we were talking about analysts. But yeah, looking at the playoffs, I mean, Another thing that we have to mention is the Niners are actually better on the road than they are at home, you know, at five and two. So playing on the road in the playoffs isn't necessarily a bad thing. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, because usually you see teams, they want that home field advantage because they are better at home. You got the fans on your side and on defense and stuff like that. But for some reason, the Niners have surprisingly played better on the road. So I'm not necessarily worried about the five, the six, the seven seed, because as you said, the matchups in general, it's going to be tough no matter who you play. And it's just a different opponent. It's not necessarily a tougher opponent who you play. And as you said, everyone's dealing with injuries. The Bucks, they're, they've lost Chris Godwin for the season. Mike Evans is banged up there. That offense isn't necessarily, you know, in check. Antonio Brown's coming back for them, which is going to be big for them. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I think whoever you face is going to be a good matchup for the Niners. And I think the Niners just have to stick to their game, run the ball, get Jimmy G going, keep that defense running through Bosa and Warner and, and keep that in check and make sure that you can make your secondary as smooth as possible. If you can get to the quarterback with Nick Bosa and your defensive line, it does justice to the secondary. It makes sure that they don't have to necessarily get beat. Be because they are getting beat, and that's just that's reality with this secondary. They're not the greatest secondary, but if you can make up for that with your play at the defensive line and linebackers, we have a chance against any team in the league. So yeah, I think looking into the playoffs, I'm I'm welcoming whichever seed we get, as long as we get a seed, which I think is looking more likely than not, given the last couple of weeks, the momentum our team has. Going, you know, six and two, I believe, in our last eight games. Yeah, we we got the momentum, man, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for this team, and I'm excited for this Thursday game against the tough Titans. Like, I I honestly think this team, with the way that we're built, they're not gonna shy. Like, they they never shy away from a challenge. That's what I love, and that's why that's honestly the reason why we did so well in 2019. Like, we basically went through death's row from weeks what is it like 10 all the way until week 17 in the 2019 season Seattle Arizona and that was a good Seattle team not the Seattle team this year Seattle Arizona Green Bay Baltimore were the number one seed that year in the AFC New Orleans two seed in the NFC Atlanta who ended up beating us Rams Seahawks all consecutively you're telling me this this Niners team isn't and, and, and how did the Niners end up they were the number one seed in the NFC 13 and three they don't shy away from a challenge. They're okay with this, man. You're going on the road in primetime against Tennessee? Bet, right? They've got to go on the road against LA in Week 18 if they're playing for a playoff spot? Bet. This team, if they got to go to Lambeau Field at some point, which if you want to get to the Super Bowl might just be the inevitable, this team's going to be like, let's go. Like, man, this is awesome. Lambeau Field, freezing cold in the playoffs. Can't get any better than this. That's the way this team's built, and I love that. That's why I'm not I'm not scared. Like we don't need the number one seed like we did in 2019. Like if we get the sixth seed or the seventh seed, I'm really not concerned about that. Obviously, with matchups and stuff, I'd rather get as high a seed as be the five seed. But we'll see what happens there. I mean, it's I mean, God, with how the season has gone, anybody could end up anywhere. So 
I don't know who the hell we're going to play if we even get there. We got to take care of business here against Tennessee first because the Vikings and Saints are sitting there at 7-7. Seven and seven. Washington and Philly also play tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time as well. The winner of that game is going to go to 7-7. Seven and seven. That's a big game there as well. So there is a lot to point because if the Niners lose to Tennessee, now all of a sudden we're in a little bit of trouble. But if you're winning against Tennessee, you're looking pretty good. Yeah, you're right. If we lose to Tennessee, now it's a bit of a concern. You know, you do have that game against the Texans, which is a bounce-back game if you do lose to Tennessee and you have those extra days to prepare for that and get healthy because we are playing on Thursday, which is a bit of an advantage. But, you know, even if we do lose that game against the Texans, that's fine. We, we probably got that in the bag. There we go. Now we're at, what, 9-7, and seven, and then we were against the Rams. The Rams struggle against the Niners for whatever reason Sean McVay and the Rams struggle against the Niners and if they don't have anything on the line they're probably you know gonna rest their players rest Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson for that playoff matchup so it could be that chance where even if the Niners are in a tight battle we could have that advantage and sneak into the playoffs there and once we're in the playoffs we're going to get going. We have the momentum right now. Our offense is rolling. Our defensive line is rolling. I, I think that the only thing that can stop us right now is our secondary. Mentioned it before, mentioned it this podcast. You know, it's just like, that's the biggest concern I have. And it's going to be a concern throughout the season in the playoffs. Even if they perform well, every game I'm going to go in being like, oh, I just hope the secondary doesn't get beat. That's the one concern I have with the team concern when you have Josh Norman and Ambry Thomas as your starting corners right now. Yeah, which is why, I mean, I highlighted this way back, like a few weeks ago, when I was talking about, when we are talking about playoff matchups briefly, and I said Dallas would be a nightmare for our secondary, because you got Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup, I like to call them the three-headed dragon, because they are that good when they're on their game, and Dak Prescott, we all know what he can do when he's on his game. The Cowboys' run game is has been very iffy this year, but their passing game has been terrific. It all comes down to this, man. At the end of the day, the Niners rode this pass rush all the way to the Super Bowl two years ago. Like our secondary, yes, we had Richard Sherman, future Hall of Famer, which was huge. Emmanuel Mosley was, what, a rookie that year? And he was playing in the Super Bowl? Like, it, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like it's not many, yeah. it's not much different than it is now. Obviously, Richard Sherman is... 20 times better than Josh Norman. And Richard Sherman had a good year that year, and he was actually healthy for majority of that year, unlike some of his other years. But Josh Norman, he's decent. And there's also something we talked about a few But I totally know what you're saying. If you got to point to a without a doubt, our secondary, especially our corners, because Ward and Tart are playing at a great level right now. But our sec- our cornerbacks are a whole other story, and it's it's really... What else is new? Like, I can't even, I can't, another, like, lockdown, a true lockdown corner that we've had, at least in my lifetime, Richard that comes to mind. I don't think we've ever had a true lockdown cornerback on our defense. And I think that's what the Niners need to prioritize this offseason. Because we got the pass rush. We've got the linebackers. All we really need, right, is a corner. We have safeties. That complete. All we really need is one shutdown corner. We don't need two. We just need one shuts down half the field, and then if you have a mediocre guy playing on the other end, you're good. I really do think that John Lynch has got to man. You look at this team, and 
we're complete in a lot of different ways. You got to prioritize corner. I think every single 49er fan out there agrees with that. Yeah, I think there's no doubt that is going to be the focal point of the offseason. Repair the secondary, especially the cornerbacks. You know, there's a cut. I think our entire starting secondary that we had coming into the year was on a one-year deal. You know, they came back for that one year to try and run it back. And, and you know, we are going to have to reshape the secondary. The safeties, you know, I'd like to see Jimmy Ward back. I think Hafunga is going to step into maybe a starting role next year. But that cornerback situation, I'm not really sure what we're going to do. I think we may draft a guy. You know, we already drafted two guys in Lenore and Thomas. Maybe you think they're going to take a big step next year. But I think we need to make a splash in free agency. Sign a guy. You you know, you don't have to spend much money on it, but you got to sign an impactful guy who's going to step up and maybe be our cornerback one. Because I can't handle another year with Josh Norman as our cornerback one or Emmanuel Mosley. As much as I love Emmanuel Mosley, he's not a cornerback one. We need a legitimate cornerback one. And, and that's just – that's the weakness of this team. Another weakness going into the season was wide receiver three, and I really think Jawan Jennings has stepped in there. Agreed. And he's done a fantastic job the last couple of weeks of coming into his own as a player. And, and you know, he I think he's had a touchdown the last two weeks. He's just been a reliable third option for Jimmy G when he's going through his progression. If Jawan Jennings is open, he's not afraid to hit him up there. You know, six targets, three receptions, 28 yards, and a touchdown. That's exactly what you want from your third guy. Brandon Ayuk, you know, probably didn't have the best week this week, but he's really been showing that he can step up and be that number two option for the wide receivers for Jimmy G. He really is our number three option because George Kittle is obviously the number one option. And when we get Elijah Mitchell back from injury, and it's Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson with the running game, then you really have Debo playing primarily as a receiver, and you get him back to maybe that start of the year going you know he is that number one option and George Kittle maybe becomes the number two option which is scary for any defense to face because when you got to lock up guys like Debo and Kittle and you know you leave maybe a Brandon Ayuk or Jawan Jennings open they're not afraid to hurt you and, and Brandon Ayuk is kind of like Debo Samuel and Kittle with he's he's a yak guy you know he gets those yards after carry so if he's open Watch out for him and him running off in a game. So, yeah, the offense I'm not really concerned about because we did fill that hole with that wide receiver three in J.J., Jawan Jennings. It's the secondary that's really a big concern. But I'm excited to see they, they have three more games to kind of, you know, get their pace going, maybe get Ambry Thomas more reps into the playoffs. You know, even if Emmanuel Mosley's back, I would love to see them continuing to give reps to Ambry Thomas because it's not going to get easier if he doesn't play more. The more he plays, the more he learns, and maybe, you know, it will be helpful for the playoffs. It's like, oh, you know, I've had that this experience. I know how to lock down a guy now. Maybe, like, if we have to face the Green Bay Packers, maybe, like, Devontae Adams. Or, as you said, if we have to face the Buccaneers, Mike Evans. They're just – every team in the playoffs this year is going to have those star wide receivers and those star weapons. And we need Ambry Thomas to learn how to just manage the game with them there. How, how to not give up the big play, as you said. He's only given up one or two big plays. He gave up that touchdown to Jamar Chase in the Bengals game. And, you know, the Falcons game, I'm pretty sure is the Zacchaeus touchdown that he gave up. It's just he, he's really got to work on that. He's got to work on just just not being a rookie, you know, trying to, trying to be a vet, trying to learn the plays and trying to get going. So if he can really get those reps and start getting going – 
the Niners are a team to look out for in the playoffs. Yeah, this is definitely a topic that we're that we'll talk about once the offseason comes around. Because there's definitely a lot of different things that, that the Niners do need to address. Running back being one of them. I don't know what you do with, with Raheem Mostert. Because I know everybody loves Raheem. He was voted a captain this year. But for me, I do think you definitely have to look at each other and be like, look, Raheem's hurt almost every season. I don't know how much more we can do this and keep him around. And you look at how Elijah Mitchell, as a rookie, is playing right now. I, I don't, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really sure. Corner, absolutely. I don't know what you do with Jason Verrett. I would think you let him walk, to be honest. I just don't think you want to take a chance on someone who gets injured like that all the time. Um, Emmanuel Mosley is is iffy. Like, I would keep Emmanuel Mo. I would most, actually, I would most definitely, if it's feasible, I would absolutely keep Emmanuel Mosley around and then go out and get a true corner because a Mos- I think you said it best. Emmanuel Mosley is a good cornerback too he's not a cornerback one but a good cornerback too again he was good enough to be the cornerback two in that Super Bowl year he's good enough to do it again and he's had a great year this year and I hope he's able to be healthy for the playoffs but we need that number one guy and the other guy I want to point out there is Kwan Williams who's a free agent after this year Kwan's also had another underrated season now I'm gonna feel Kwan Williams is really important to this offense right offense defense and I know D'Amico Ryan or Robert Sala <laughs> loved them but D'Amico Ryans loves him too. So I don't know what we do there because I know K-Wan's going to want the bag. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think one of these guys ends up staying, whether it's K-Wan, E-Man, Verrett, like one of them I think will stay. I think it would have to come down to Mosley or K-Wan just because Verrett can't stay healthy. But K-Wan and Mosley are both a lot of upside there. I would assume we keep one of those guys and then the other one walks. But that's a topic of discussion for another day in the offseason. Niners Titans Thursday night. What are your keys to the game, Chevy, before you wrap this up? Lock down AJ Brown if he's back. You know, our rush defense has been amazing the last couple of weeks. There isn't that Derrick Henry threat that there we thought there would be when we looked at this game at the start of the season. But we gotta continue to stop the run because if you look at the Titans, they thrive off the run. That's how their offense gets going, kind of like the Niners. But And, you know, they've kind of used Deonta Foreman in that Derrick Henry role. Obviously, he's not Derrick Henry. But if you can stop the run and lock down A.J. Brown, that's the key to shutting down the Titans' offense and just managing the Titans' defense. You know, the, the Niners played one of the most technically sound offensive games this season last week against the Falcons. you got to continue that momentum into this Titans' game and just run the football down their throats. Run it with Jeff Wilson. Run it with Debo Samuel. If Elijah Mitchell's back, which I don't think he will be, run it with Elijah Mitchell. Once you establish the run game, that's when you get the passing game going. Get George in there. Get Debo. Get Ayuk. Get Jennings. Get Juszczyk in there, who is in there and got a touchdown. You know, we have a lot of weapons on offense. we got to utilize the weapons like we did last week. And we got to prevent the run game and lock down A.J. Brown. Yeah, no, no doubt. Absolutely agree with that. For me, I think we got to get to Ryan Tannehill. That's the main thing there because, like I said, our secondary, we know they're a bit of a liability. Bosa's got to have a big game. Get to Ryan Tannehill, and we will have success. Look at the, the Pittsburgh Steelers held them to 13 points last week, and what's really the, the heart and soul of that Pittsburgh defense? Their defensive line with TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and all those guys up front. The Niners have that, that same pass rush. If we can get to Ryan Tannehill, I think we'll be all right. And then on offense, man, there's, there's really no secret here. Just keep doing what you're doing. Because this offense is on a roll right now. Run the football. Put yourself in good positions. Use the play action. Jimmy is just 
on fire right now. Everyone's pitching in. Let Debo do his thing. And then most importantly, nobody get hurt. We need to get out of this game without injuries. We got an extra bit of time off after this game against Tennessee. Everyone can go home for Christmas and then suit up for the Texans game in a week and a half. Let's just make sure nothing big happens. Knock on wood. Nothing. You don't want anything bad to happen on a short week. Let's just hope that that at the bare minimum. But big win here, man. If the Niners can take care of business here, they will be in great, great shape. And then we can actually start talking about the playoffs for real if we win this game. Because <laughs> if we lose... Then we're talking about, uh-oh, now we got to see what the Saints and the Vikings do. The Vikings, of course, have a big game against the Rams. That's also a very important game for the Niners, Niners fans to keep an eye on. The Saints play the Dolphins on Monday night. That's another game to keep an eye on. So when so we'll see what happens there, of course, in the playoff race. And then tonight's Washington Eagles game, that's a big one to keep an eye on there as well. So with that, that'll do it from this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep a luck. Got a lot more content coming your way, and hopefully we'll have content beyond this season and into the postseason. But Niners got to take care of business on Thursday night against Tennessee. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter as well for more Niners news and analysis. Hope everyone has a great Christmas, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Stay tuned, keep it locked, got a lot more Niners content coming your way, and don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.